there's a, a saying I, I know you, you've heard or are familiar with entitled uh, bucket list. You know, these are the things that you want to do, activities or experiences you want to have before you kick the bucket. You know, stuff. There was a movie that came out a few years ago with Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholas talking about this. Things that you really want to see in your life. Things you want to experience in your life before, before the good Lord calls you home. We, we all have things that we'd like to see. Things we'd like to experience. Things we'd like to partake in. We've all kind of got something in our life we like to do at some point in our, in our life before we, we pass away. Uh, I've, I've always enjoyed the, the, the band U2. I liked their music when I was a kid. And when I saw they were coming to New Orleans a few months back, I told Holly, I said, I'm going. You're welcome to come with me if you'd like. But I'm going. That was on my bucket list. I wanted to see this band play live, a band I always liked their music, something I wanted to experience. A few years back, before my last trip to Israel with Sam, um, we flew out on a, I don't remember what day of the week it was, we flew out, and the night before, uh, the night before we flew out was when Ole Miss played in the Sugar Bowl. And so I went down to that game and watched the Sugar Bowl and then, then, then flew out to Israel the next day. And I was so tired. Somebody said, why did you do that? Why did you go to all that trouble to watch the ball game? I said, here's the reality. We hadn't been in the 50s, and as we're being proved right, we might not ever go back ever again. I mean, that might be a one-time thing. Odds are I will go back to the Holy Land before this ever happens. I got to go just to say that I saw it. It might be a figment of my imagination for all that I know. So, you know, many, I, I told all my state friends when, they, when y'all made the orange ball, I said, go to Miami. Come on. I mean, we're old Mrs. State fans. We don't get nice things, you know. We, we, got, we got to take advantage of I mean, amen. I mean, we don't, we don't get to play with the nice toys. And so you've got to take advantage of it whenever it comes along. We've all had things like that that we said, oh, I want to see that one day or I want to experience it one day. And a lot of times they're just those experiences we like. But sometimes there's things that we're waiting on that are deeper than that. I had a, a friend of mine in a church I served that uh, he had cancer and he, he, he beat it and he went into remission and everything was great. Then I noticed he started looking sick again. And I say, hey, are you okay? He said, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. Everything's fine. I said, okay. Everything's fine. Great. Okay. Praying for you. Everything's good. His son uh, graduated from high school. And a few weeks after his son graduated from high school, he told me, he said, well, the, the cancer's back. And he died a few weeks after that. And I believe he fought off the cancer through sheer willpower. Till the son graduated. He said, okay, I've done my job. I have done what I was supposed to do. I have seen my son to graduation. He's now an adult. And I can, I can die in peace. I can go to my Lord because I have now done that thing that I was supposed to do. Sometimes your bucket list is some experience that's nice, but it really isn't life-changing per se. Sometimes the things you want to do, the things you want to experience, the things that you want to be part of are the most important things that define every moment of your life. 
In Jesus' day, the priests were at the center of the religious life of Israel's day. There were, there were a lot of religious leaders in Jesus' day. You had the Pharisees, which were the teachers in the synagogues. You had, you had the, the teachers of the law, which were those that were being trained to be Pharisees. But, but really, at the pinnacle of the religious life of Jesus' day were the priests. The priests were the ones in the temple. The priests were the ones that did the sacrifices. The text says today that at the appropriate time, they took Jesus to the temple to offer these sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving for what God has done. Your priests were the main religious leaders and the main religious people of Jesus day. The priests really were, really were the ones that were what it was all about. But there were off to the side, these prophets, these individuals like Samuel, like, like Simeon, like, like, like Simeon, like Anna, these individuals that the Holy Spirit rested upon and that their entire life, their entire purpose was about speaking and being obedient to what the Holy Spirit had laid upon them. We see, we see with, with Simeon that he was an aged man. We don't know exactly how old he was exactly, but we knew that he was one that the Lord said, Okay, you're, I'm not going to call you home. I'm not going to call you home until you have seen the Messiah. I'm not going to call you to myself until you have seen the one that will redeem the people from your sins. So your job, Simeon, until I call you home is to go to the temple and give praise to my name, to worship me, to glorify me, to point others towards me. I will not call you home till you rest in me, until you have seen the Lord's Messiah. So there he is in the temple. And Jesus comes in in the arms of his father and mother. And he goes, oh, Lord, dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen the Messiah. I can now die in peace. I have seen with my own eyes the one who will save Israel from their sin. Oh, Lord, what more is there? What more is there than that? I have seen what you created me for. Dismiss your servant in peace. We see Anna, who was a, who was a prophet. She was a widower. She, she probably, we don't know for sure, but based off the, the culture, she probably had been a widow for some 60-some-odd years. And for those 60-some-odd years, she went daily and worshiped in the temple. She praised God's name. She fasted and she prayed and she dedicated the totality of her life to her Lord. She dedicated all that she was to her Lord. And there she is now saying it was all worth it. Oh my gosh, it was all worth it because I have seen the Messiah. It was all been worth it. We see these individuals who the totality of their story, all that they were, all they desired to be, all they desired to know was wrapped up in that knowledge of meeting Jesus. And when they had met the Messiah, huh, Lord, call me home. It's okay. I've seen now what you have for me. Every one of us in our life, at some point or another, you've experienced the power of God. At some point, Maybe it was just a fleeting moment. Maybe it was just a one 
passing, fleeting moment. But you have experienced the fullness of God's grace. You've experienced mercy. You've experienced forgiveness. You've experienced redemption. You, you have, maybe you can't explain what you experienced, but at some point in your life, you felt that peace with God. At some point in your life, you felt that grace of God upon you. At some point in your life, you have felt what John Wesley called that assurance. You, you have experienced that, or if you haven't, come talk to me, because I want to help you find that. But you felt that, and I'm telling you, y'all, if you've ever felt it, if you've ever felt that power, that presence of God, that redemption of God, that grace of God, that moment of, oh, my goodness, Friends, let me ask you, what else in your life compares to that? Does any professional endeavor compare to that? It may feel good to accomplish a job and goal at work, but does it compare to the grace of God made known in your life? You may be able to, to, to do some great personal achievement in sports, or in your own life, and that you may say, yes, i finally done this. And you, yeah, it's great. But does it compare to the knowledge of knowing that you were God's beloved? No, I love my kids with all that I am. But even their successes, as awesome as they are, do not compare with knowing that God loves me, that Christ has died for me, that he wants to redeem me. And what I found is that these moments, these moments when you experience the grace of God, These moments when you know the grace of God, when you feel his love and his mercy, everything else in your life is defined by that. Everything else is defined by that. And those moments make every other moment worth it. Those moments baptize every moment of your life. And if you have not experienced that grace of God in that way, nothing else shines quite the same. Because those moments are the moments that define life. And everything else is put into place because of that. In your life, if you've ever truly experienced the grace of Jesus Christ, nothing else measures up to it. Nothing. We've talked this month about finding your story. about finding your story in God, about finding your place in God's kingdom. And y'all, there's nothing like it. God's story in your life, God's story in your faith, God's story in you are, in your family, is what defines every other story. And until you find your story in God's story, nothing else makes sense. I love that old quote by St. Augustine. Our souls are eternally restless until they find their rest in thee, O Lord. Our story only makes sense in the midst of God's story. So today, you know, as we talked about uh, these financial commitments, I've told you the entire month, don't just write something down, pray about it. Pray about it. What does God want you to do? Because... We want to be obedient to God. And we want to be part of God's story. We want to live out the part of God's story that he longs for us to live out. So today, 
During our altar call, the, Olivia, uh, Olivia and Sarah Kim will talk to you about commitments and promises. Today's, today is our Sunday of commitment. But it's not about telling God you're going to give so much money. Because y'all really believe that if the Lord has your heart, he'll have your wallet. I really believe that. Because if he has all of you, he'll get all of you. What, how are we going to conclude our services this during the altar call? If you have your commitment card that you've been praying over, I invite you, if, as you will, to um, come and place it here in one of, these two bo- one of these two bowls right here, one of these two baskets. But then that's not the end of what we're going to do. You see this cross here. You know, one of the things that we love the most in our church is our flower cross that we put up every Easter. There's a cross here made up of flowers. And along this cross is a bowl. Inside these bowls are different tiles. I want you to take a tile and place it upon the cross. Because these tiles represent your story. They represent who you are. And our church is not complete. Our picture is not painted until every story has its place in God's story. Until every story is complete in God's story. So here's what we're going to do. Maybe you don't have your card with you. Maybe you're not even sure what you're going to do yet. That's okay. During our, during, and there, the ushers have some cards around, but, but I'm perfectly fine if you don't have your card. Because if you intend, if your desire is for your story to be part of our story in this year to come, what I want you to do is I want you to come and take a tile and place it upon the cross to, to show that this story is part of your story. So, and, and this, is, this, is, this, this part here is bigger than just these cards here. Because every child, teenager, adult, you matter here. And our story is not complete without every child, teenager, and adult finding their story here. So if you say Matthews is going to be part of your story this next year, and if you are going to be part of St. Matthew's story in this next year, during our final song, we invite you to come down. If you want to, place your, place your card in our, in our, in our basket. Take a tile placed upon the cross, knowing that our story as a church, our story as a church, is not complete without your story. And your story is not complete without God's story in your heart. So as we close with our final song, the altar is open. Won't you come?